Welcome back, folks, to Two Brits, One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a complicated man, and a D&D boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the founder and president of the Leon Dreisaitl Fan Club, and a future basketball fan. Well, every human, Will, how you doing? I'm, I'm alright, thank you, Dan. I'm alright. Absolutely enthralled in uh, the Michael Jordan documentary at the moment. Loving life. Absolutely loving life. So this is going to lead to you adopting a new sport, then? Taking a new one on? I mean, in, in the sense that I've adopted... 60% of two sports, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to maybe get, <laughs> maybe get 30% of the NBA in there as well, why not? I'll be interested to see if you, if you kind of latch onto it and enjoy it, because it's the only sport I find incredibly, incredibly boring. I just cannot watch basketball, which is insane, considering all the glitz and glamour and everything that goes with it. I just, I can't do it. I think it's just, with watching The Last Dance, like, there is such excitement and energy around basketball as a sport and the NBA as a league. It's kind of infectious. That's true. It's that that kind of like, oh, I want to, I want to know what this is all about. I want to, I want to get that rush. It's like like a, all sports is just an addiction to that level of excitement that you get, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. I will say that because I listen to a lot of American podcasts, obviously, and they talk a lot about well, they don't all talk about basketball, but basketball comes up quite frequently. And it is a league where if you like off-court drama and stuff like that on Twitter, basketball players will always just say what they're thinking. They don't care. There's none of this, so I better not say that. I better not do this. They'll just go for it on Twitter and have and like go at each other. It's so for that reason, it'd be it'd be good. Yeah, sort of even even more so than like footballers are becoming like that a little bit. But the NBA is still the gold standard for for Twitter beef, as they say. Absolutely. Okay. First thing this week, and uh, in this week's edition of Hockey Player Makes Me Tear My Hair Out and Rip My Dick Off, <sighs> big sigh. Our, our longest running segment. Our longest running segment. I'm sure since episode one, if we go back and listen to it, there'd be a thing on there about a hockey player doing something that just we just like to shake our head out and put our eye-rolling eyes in. Colin Wilson was interviewed on Bar Down and was asked about Pride Tape. And I'm going to read this to you verbatim because I don't want to misquote anything. I want to know your opinion on this. What about coloured tape? Coloured tape? I don't know. I, uh, not for the NHL, but I think it's uh, pretty fun to experiment. And I think those, I mean, I get excited for the, during the everyone can play night where you get to do the rainbow in warm-ups. I always want to just keep it for the game. I think it's a pretty dope style. So why don't you? I just don't have it in me. Just cannot get chirped by my own teammates and the other team and still try to play a game. End scene. Ah, yes. The, uh, the tough hockey player who's scared of being called gay because he has a rainbow tape on his stick. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I can't have rainbow tape because I might get chirped. Fucking hell. Are you kidding me? As as much as I want to lay in to Colin Wilson specifically for saying that, do, do you know Brock McGillis? Have you seen Brock McGillis about on Twitter? I have. Yeah, for, for those who don't know, he's an, he's an openly out former uh, former hockey player. He he claims he had a he had a phone call with Colin Wilson. I don't, I don't know why I say claim. Like I have reason to believe he's lying, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sus. You know what they say about those gays down there? Very crafty. Um, so very sneaky, very sneaky, very sneaky. Everybody knows that. Uh, so probably Gillis spoke to Colin Wilson, and he's convinced that he's genuine and you know is actually a supporter of of gay rights and all that sort of stuff, and would want to. He's not the problem in the NHL. He's more a victim of the of the culture around it. So I don't, I don't really want to take this opportunity to pile on to Colin Wilson specifically. But the point still stands that 
he is a he's proof of of what the where the culture is at the moment. Like you can't even fucking wear pride tape without fear of being utterly ridiculed by the rest of your your own teammates, let alone the rest of the league. And and yeah, there is an element of bravery, like you say, like you've got to be yeah, you know, if you're brave enough to take a fist to the face, you can wear some fucking rainbow tape on your stick, like shout out to our King Curtis Gabriel. But I, yeah. I do think like like any sort of social situation or workplace or social group or whatever, there are utterly moronic sort of social not stigmas but you go along with things because they're the way that it's done in the group even though it's not necessarily the most logical thing if that makes sense I kind of get what you're saying so, uh, the point being Colin Wilson shouldn't be burned at the stake personally because you're going to end up alienating anyone who has the slight inkling of being an ally to the LGBTQ plus community it's still just a point of the fact that people like Colin Wilson, who aren't homophobic, are still feeling like they're trapped in a position where they can't openly support people is the real underlying issue. I absolutely agree. And I I swear, I wrote this exact sentence verbatim. In my opinion, this isn't Colin Wilson being homophobic. It just shows the mentality of hockey players around the league that they're worried about being cheered because of rainbow tape. And that's that. Yeah, you're exactly right. I don't think for one second Colin Wilson's saying, "I'm not wearing rainbow tape." I mean, you know, gay people, yeah, whatever. I mean, what rights do they, you know, what rights should they get? But to say I can't do it because I might get chirped by my own teammates is just so indicative of this league. I just find it insane. I mean, what's what's somebody gonna say to him? I just, I mean, you're like you're at the face off. And, and and the other guy is going to go, oh, rainbow tape, eh? What are you, some kind of gay? What are we, five? This is five, five years old? And then Colin Wilson goes home and cries to his mum, oh, they called me gay. <laughs> what are we doing? It's, it's insane. Yeah. And, and, and the point does stand that this is supposed to be the toughest league in the world. And yet we can't, I know. <laughs> can't even take fucking chirps about... <laughs> If, if you're chirping someone for wearing pride tape, especially on a pride night, that was the context they were talking about as well. So oh, he loves wearing it in the warm Yeah, yeah. Why don't you keep it on during the game? If if you're chirping someone for wearing pride tape on a pride night, like you're just fucking telling yourself, mate. What? I mean, that's what you would say if somebody if somebody chir- if I was I because I'd have pride tape. I don't give a shit. I've got I've got rainbow tattoos up my arm because I'm I'm I support people. My sister-in-law is gay. I, I wanted to show my support for her. So I got I got rainbow tattoos up my arm in, in like a, a show of support for her because I know she had a really tough time coming out to, you know, my in-laws. And if I was on a face-off and somebody said to me, oh, rainbow tattoos, what, are you gay? I'd just be like, like what, what are you, eight years old? What is this? What are we doing? I mean, just who gives a shit? I don't understand why anyone even care that you've, you know, that you've got rainbow tape. Why do you even care if I've got rainbow tape? It's just fucking tape. But to like to the LGBTQ plus community, it means something. But to you, it's just tape. Why'd you give a shit? And I just oh and god. Why would you get, of all the things to be jerked about, why would you care? <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, whatever. If Colin Wilson doesn't want to get jerked, fair play to him. That's that's his right as a human being. <laughs> the right to I know the right to not be jerked. But it's it's pathetic. It's utterly pathetic. Toughest league in the world, Will. Toughest league in the world. Now, one thing I did think about it. Now, is it fear of being chirped for specifically having rainbow tape or whatever? Or is it more... Go on. 
concerned about being chirped for being different. So it might not be the the chirps might not be, oh, what are you gay? It'd be, oh, you think you're a fucking superstar or something, or you think you're you think you're trying to stand out. You think you're fucking Wayne Gretzky over here. You know what I mean? In the same way, you don't get anyone wearing like white skates or anything anymore. Yeah. Do you know what? That's a really good point. That's a really good. But then, wouldn't you say that if you're him to avoid any kind of confusion? Wouldn't you say? I don't do it because if I do it, people think I'm trying to stand out and be different from everyone else. You know, when it's meant to be a team game, that's why I don't do it. But then the problem with that, if you, yeah, if but then you, still, that doesn't even that, see that doesn't even ring true to me either because yeah, I just wouldn't give a sh- I don't give a shit. I just just do your own thing. If you're concerned about standing out by by wearing pride tape and supporting the community, that's that's as much of a problem in itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I see what you're saying though. I mean, to me, that is a good point in that hockey a hockey locker room. You you do you you know you've got like everyone's got white or black tape and you're there with your rainbow tape. You just know people will be saying shit to you. Yeah, in in a league where admitting that like you have a substance abuse problem and seeking help is seen as a as a distraction in the locker room. I can't imagine wearing <laughs> anything but black or white tape <laughs> and this stick is going to be uh, going to go down too well. We're all having or having a substance abuse problem and then admitting that you're getting help for it. And everyone rallies around you saying, oh, you know, he's learning. He's doing really well. We're so proud of him. He's going to get the counselling and support he needs. But if you have rainbow tape, which is just tape, that would be an issue. That's not that would be a, oh, you'd end up with a stupid nickname. You know, like, oh, why'd you call him Mr. Colourful? Oh, <laughs> you ride rainbow tape one time. <laughs> and that would be it. You just missed the Colourful forever or something like that. Colin Christ. Wilson has been suspended for three regular season games following his gross misconduct at last night's game. <laughs> For not having the standard regulation, boring black or white tape. How dare he stand out? Fucking outrageous. Christ. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm torn just... on whether to be angry with Colin Wilson or not. Mine was, I was just completely, completely exacerbated. I, I didn't I didn't have it, just like Colin Wilson doesn't have it in him to have rainbow tape. I didn't even have it in me to get angry at this point. I just, I just face palmed and like a huge sigh. So large was my sigh that my wife said, "Are you okay?" <laughs> and I said, "I just went. I swear, this is what I said. I went, oh, just fucking hockey, <laughs> like that. <laughs> I just couldn't, is, didn't have the energy anymore. This is the thing to react like, to these players. Hockey's culture and everything around it is so fucking stupid that I'd imagine that if if Sarah's anything like my wife, the first thing she knows about hockey is that it's fucking racist, sexist, sexist and homophobic. It is the stupidest... It might be the stupidest sport in the world. If you think about all the stupid little rules and unwritten regulations and, you know, don't step on the logo, don't have rainbow tape, don't do this, don't do that. Um, It might be the stupidest thing. Even the league is the stupidest league in the world. How many times have we come on and said that? Like, this is the dumbest league ever. And, And all the unwritten rules and shit. I don't know enough about baseball or the MLB, but I feel like they've got to be a a close second or a, or a good running mate for that. Yeah, you're probably right. Actually, no, yeah, do you know what? To be fair, all the major sports are pretty terrible, aren't they? <laughs> when you like, when you start looking behind the cracks, <laughs> in, in their own little ways. Yeah. Hockey players, please just just have your rainbow tape, and if someone says something to you, just tell them to fuck off. What are they going to leak? What are they going to do? They're going to fight you because you got rainbow tape. Why did you get into a fight? We had rainbow tape. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I don't get it. And then, then Colin also like, gets what? Two, an extra two minutes for aggressor for having the rainbow tape. <laughs> yeah, 
whoever it is, someone fucking skates over to the ref. I had to punch him, ref. He had rainbow tape. Uh, Huge expect. <laughs> He's the aggressor. Fair enough, Gordy. Colin Wilson, two minutes. An additional two minutes. Oh, dearie me. Well, that was this week's edition. I'm sure there'll be another one next week. Maybe even in ten minutes. Who's who's to say? <laughs> Maybe if Twitter updates properly, we'll have an even better one. Christ. All right, should we get on with the show? Oh, so, so. So, Ryan Rashog of TSN had a, an interesting tweet and said that he had spoken to an infection disease specialist about possible ways to modify the game and reduce the risk of virus spreading during play. And he said uh, he's not suggesting any of these or sort of all of these would be necessary, but he was just relaying what some options could be. The first thing was, uh, was full face shields, which were potentially modified to reduce the spread of droplets even further, which I thought was a good idea. No fighting would be allowed. There would be no scrums after whistles for linesmen to have to break up. The coaches would have to social distance and wear face masks on the bench. Wingers would have to maintain two feet of distance on face-offs instead of the traditional crossing of sticks and leaning into one another's space. And there would be no spitting on the ice or the bench. Um, Bill Daly said on this potential for changes, we would consider anything our infectious disease experts and advisors might recommend. What are your thoughts on these then? Actually, let's be the 200 hockey men, shall we? And I'll ask this question. Do you think if these rules were applied, they would ruin the integrity of the game, Will? Oh, uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I'm so I'm in two minds about all these rules, because because yeah, we should do all that we can to protect the players and re- reduce the risk of spreading infection and stuff. But for basically all of these rules, bar the spitting on the ice of the bench, which I think should be implemented anyway, like it's fucking it's minging, it's absolutely it's gross, it's absolutely yeah. minging. If we have to implement these changes, they shouldn't be playing at all. Do you, like if, if, there's, I agree. if there's that much of a risk that we're saying, oh, you've got to wear full face shields, uh, you can't fight, you know, or you can't have a scrum after the whistle, the coaches definitely can't be on the bench. Like that's that's an indicator that if we have to do those things, the league shouldn't be fucking playing at all. Not that I want to just stand up on here and say, oh, oh how can we have hockey without fighting? That's fucking ridiculous. But it's just if, if the safety measures need to be that strict and the margin of error is that thin that fucking Ovi turns up and he's forgotten his face shield, he can't play, that's just moronic. Absolutely moronic. Like, it's not, it's, it's not going to work. What I didn't quite get was, if there was no fighting allowed, how can you have checking? Yeah, Absolutely. And and the wingers being two feet apart on face offs like obviously you can't you can't have contact full stop throughout the game. It's so important. <laughs> It'd be like Putin, wouldn't it? You know the Putin bubble when players don't go near him. <laughs> He's got a shield around him or something. Like there seems to be something stopping people from trying to get him. So so Putin's the only one who's who's gonna be a truly safe hockey player when this comes back. So so put Putin down as the first on the game sheet. It's, yeah, but it's it's little things like that, and, and no disrespect to the infectious disease expert that Rashaw talked to, or even Ryan Rashaw himself. Like, it's not to say that these are bad things and would ruin the game of hockey. It's just like, we what what are we fucking doing there? If you've got to have your wingers 
two feet apart if you've got to separate your players as much as possible in a full contact sport in an enclosed field of play just just don't 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 do it it's essentially going to be bubble hockey your players can only go a certain distance up and down the ice or side to side that's it they have their own little zone and they can't go any further than that exactly I think that'd be good that'd be good this is what I don't get because if they're if they're talking about well we have to be wary of a second spike and all that kind of thing and social distancing is still being applied in every day to day life just regular life why sports any different? Yeah, because I know I know the Bundesliga is coming back in Germany, which is mental. The German um, football league, they're going to try and implement certain rules, no handshakes before or after the game and stuff like that. And Gary Lineker made a point of, well, what about free kicks? You have a wall in free kicks. What about corners when players are jostling for position? What's the difference? The players are wrestling each other right out of the box, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't you can't go out for headers. You've got to like dibs the header. Yeah. It's like, all right, all right, Matt Hall's dibs that one so I can't jump up with him. I've got to keep my two metres. It's... The only way it's safe to get sports back is if you, you have to test every single person in the NHL. Everyone has to get tested, and, the, and those that are fine and can play can play. But we're finding out now that certain tests aren't good and certain things aren't being done properly. And also, here, you're looking at two countries. Like we've seen, America at the moment is. Fucking hell! It's going like it's crazy. It's all crazy. It seems to be every single state against each other and against the president. So I mean, what what are the rules then? A certain state's going to say we're doing it this way, and other states are going to say, well, we're not doing it that way. And then you've got adding another country because obviously this plane's coming over from Canada. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see how it'll work. And you've got Bill Daly coming out saying, "Oh yeah, we wouldn't expect players to be isolated from their families for two, three, four months." Like, what's he going to fucking? Bring them with them. Because you know how much the NHL loves to spend money. You're going to pay all the players to get all their families in the hotel as well. Well, this is the thing as well. Like, we're in a situation where revenue is going to be way down because you're going to lose X number of games and you're going to lose all of your gate receipts for the rest of the season. And we're talking about having, like, right, we'll set up a fucking Olympic village. We'll fly in all the teams to, like, four locations, get everybody locked down there. We're going to buy 100,000 COVID-19 tests. It's like, we're going to have a fucking salary cap of eight quid next year. <laughs> Every single team's going to be play, just going to be playing their two-way, guys. That'll be it. You got salary cap's like $20 million. Fucking Tyler Sagan's checking in his, his first paycheck back next season. It says, um, I've got 120% escrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could just... <laughs> yeah. Give that five grand to the uh, to the admin guy by the end of the day. That'd be useful. Yeah, it appears now that when I play hockey, I have to pay you for the privilege. I don't. I don't understand. Like, like your fucking Sunday league, like the coach comes around at the end of the, end of the game or before the subs. game. Like, if you don't, yeah, subs. don't pay your subs, you're not playing. <laughs> Sagan, where's your fifty grand? Oh, I left it in the car. I'll get it after the game. Sorry, sorry, you coach. Better do. You better do. I'll put you in the book. Yeah, he's got got a little notebook for his subs. Spetsers, this is the third time this month, mate. You can't play. I can't. I need that money. I need that money. We can't. We can't afford. I've got. Afford I've got to pay for the floodlights. Yeah, who do you, where do you think these bibs come from? <laughs> what about these cones? Like these cones aren't free. I had to pay for these out of my own money. Oh my god, dear me, it's a fucking mess. Absolute fucking. It's a really big state mess. State of it. The absolute state of it, and we still don't know what's going to happen. 
just days go by and what's it been like eight weeks now we've had no word of what's going to happen and they still think that it's, it's going to come back they should just mug the whole thing off at this point just forget it the thing that keeps coming back to me is like at what point are we we're sacrificing next season as well not sacrificing yeah exactly that's right, yeah what we we get to the point where it's like right we're going to do 12 regular season games we're going to do a 2014 playoff that's going to start in July. We'll be finished by the start of September, and then we'll just start next season. Like, so when does the fucking knock on end? So you start twenty twenty one late, and then you end up giving out the the cup in like July or fucking whatever, and then what does that knock on to twenty one twenty two? Like, well, no, I think it, what I think it would happen is if they wanted to do it, and they you say they go straight to a twenty fourteen playoff. They would just do things. I mean, they'd probably forget the All-Star weekend. They'd forget the bye week. They'd probably stop teams. There's sometimes, because teams can sometimes have three days off. Every team would have a max of two days off or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's a way they could do it. But by the time you get to the playoffs, it's basically everyone's fucking, fucked. you know, second 11s, second 11s reserves wives team playing. Because all the players would be so fucking knackered and injured. You love back-to-backs. Can I introduce you to three and threes? <laughs> Baseball teams play double headers. Why can't you? Fucking AHL teams <laughs> play play three in a weekend. Shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's not not unheard of. But th- this is the point. Like at some point, trying to bring this season back is going to have a knock on to future hockey, which I don't think anyone really wants. Would you Would you rather come back and watch the fucking All Star Game of playoffs in August, or would you rather have proper hockey back in? In October or whenever it's coming back. If they said, you know what? If they if they said, we'll leave it as late as we can. We'll leave it till X date. Let's say, I don't know. Say the fifteenth of July. I'm going to throw it out there. We'll leave it till the fifteenth of July. That's the absolute last day we could do what we think would be a decent playoffs. And then they say to counter that, we're going to knock off a quarter of the games next year in the regular season. So we'll have, we'll have we'll have sixty games, say, or sixty one games or something. Then I think, okay, you know what? Yeah, that's fine. I, I can live with that. Because again, it's you know, it's an eighty-two game season. And like I've said before, I'm all for start if they want to say now, that's it, season's done, the teams that are in the playoffs are in the playoffs. If you missed out, tough shit. You had seventy games to get it right. If you can't get it right in seventy games, then that's tough. You know, you should have you should have been good enough. And I I'd be happy for them to do that. But like you say, I don't think they will. I think they're just gonna try and like barrel ahead with as like like we say, to make the most money. Get as many teams as you can into the playoffs. Why wouldn't you want to try and get Montreal into the playoffs in Chicago with those the size of those markets and the revenues you'd get? Yeah, it's not from like you know TV and all that kind of thing. And, th- and that's why they won't reduce the games next year, no matter when it starts. Yeah, true. Because uh, if anything, they'll fucking increase it. <laughs> when the right ten out. games we missed out, the eleven games we missed out on this season, we're tacking on to next season. It's going to be a ninety-three game regular season next year, and then we're going to have twenty-fourteen <laughs> playoff again. <laughs> Again, yeah. Preseason. Games. It's either that or you can pay, like you say, it's either that you can pay 100% escrow. <laughs> what, what do you want? What do you want? We're going to play uh, 39 yeah. preseason games as well. <laughs> in China. <laughs> All of them in China. In India. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, things fucked. Things fucked. Should we, uh, should we do our rules for, for how, how we're going to change the game when it comes back? Keep it safe. Yeah, go on. We we had a couple of ideas of how. To, of course, these would be very silly, obviously. Hey, and don't, go on, fucking ruin oh, it. How, how many? Oh, sorry. How many did you do? I did six to match the six recommendations. Oh, 
I did five. Oh, well, look at that. Well, that's perfect because all of mine is really fucking stupid. Okay, you go first then. So the first one is you're not allowed to breathe on the ice. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? While you're on the ice. It's like old school kabaddi, you're not allowed to breathe. You've got old breath. <laughs> Shit. And do you know what? I didn't know if you knew that. I was going to say, do you mean like old school kabaddi? I didn't know if you knew that rule. Like, okay. like old school kabaddi. So while you're having your shift, you've got to hold your breath. And if you if you need to take a breath, get off the fucking ice, mate. That's the only way we can keep it safe. Do you know how they would measure that playing old school kabaddi? If they could tell if you took a breath or not? Do you know, what they would, do you know how they measured it? They chanted kabaddi or something. Yeah, when you were attacking and you had a certain amount of time, which was usually the length of one breath, you would just have to keep saying kabaddi, 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 like that. So that's fine. Because hockey player then, you'd have to skip around the ice going hockey, 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 <laughs> like that. Perfect. And as soon as you stop, that's it. You're off. Get off. There's one, Genius. There's one little sort of appendix to that rule, because obviously there's a player that's always on the ice and you can't expect goalies to hold their breath for 60 minutes. That'd be a little bit unfair. So goalies have to wear gas masks because of it. Not bad. Or rotate. How about rotating goalies? How about that? No, I think well, that I'll, I'll come on to. I'll come on to why that's oh, okay. a problem later. Okay, I had a checking of any kind results in a five-minute major, and the player being checked has to go to the dressing room for COVID protocol. <laughs> Concussion protocol. Yeah, but it's COVID protocol instead. I like it. So so not only do you have to not hit anyone, you have to not be hit under any circumstances. Exactly. You can't hit and you can't get hit. Love it. Love it. There you go. That's what these liberal millennials want, all the checking taken out of half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, all these snowflakes don't like getting hit now anyway. <sighs> so after every period, yeah, so when you actually leave the ice surface permanently, uh, you have to strip completely naked and get brand new everything it's new shin pads new gear new jersey fresh out of decontamination <laughs> do you know what I thought you were going to say you had to get hosed down do you know like in Chernobyl when they were like hosing down the streets the player each player has to stand there and get hosed down <laughs> with some kind of like formula or something yeah alright <laughs> why not I'd, I'd be worried that yeah why not it'd, it'd splash onto the ice and probably contaminate that but yeah alright why not Let's, let's hose players down. No, you have like a special area. It's like, it's like a wet room. You have to walk through it. I was thinking, and you get sprayed down. I was thinking more like sci-fi decompression standard thing and get mysterious gas blown at you. Oh, yeah. You're like, or like steam blasted or yeah, something. Yeah, That's exactly. a good idea. I like that. Steam them off. That's a good idea. Okay, my next one was, as a Dano Chara must provide use of his sticks for all face-offs. <laughs> So you've got, like, they're, they're 14 feet apart, just whacking at it. Yeah, just because of the sticks. Holding it like yeah. a golf club. There's an e- yeah, there's an easy way to, like, there's an easy way to force social distancing. Is you've, everyone's got to use char a stick. And that way you can't, you can't not be close together. You can't help it. Like, you'll be forced to stay away. Yeah, there's, there's nothing you'd, you'd be unable to play. I like that. That's clever. I like that one. There you go. That's a good one. No refs. No more refs. That's, yeah, you can't risk that many people on, on the ice at once. So again, we're going... That's a good idea. Pure VAR, Dan. Yeah, that's good because, yeah, there's that way there's even less chance of cross-contamination because there's less people even on the it's ice. That's good. Off the ice. That's, that's what a third of it. Basically. Sensible. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Don't say I haven't thought these Sensible. Right. Goal celebrations are to be conducted two metres apart and they should be, only be a polite round of applause. So okay. no more yeah. hugging for goal celebrations. Absolutely. Somebody not. scores, you just say, well done, good shot, and you all skate off. Mate, and no fist bumps at the end either. That's, 
that's the fucking point about the original ones on oh, no scrums after after whistles so but you're still allowed to hug for a celebration <laughs> after a goal exactly Gordon Bennett this is after this is after a scramble in the goal mouth and like there's like 17 sticks in there players on top of each other trying to trying to like jab the puck into the net checking people in the back and falling on top of them like yeah but don't don't <laughs> yeah. it's fine as long as it's before the whistle's alone yeah and then you score and all jump on each other <laughs> If you really want social distancing, Dan, yeah. another way you can get it is European-sized ice. Oh, that is actually a sensible idea. They're, they're not all outlandish. Only only in the sense that to make these number of changes, as we've said, proves that you shouldn't be playing any fucking hockey in the first place. It's true. Yeah, you see, then, it's, then it'll be the Europeans' time to shine. And yeah, get all these, get all these namby-pamby Euros out there. They're bloody toe drags, deeks, all that sort of stuff. And then, uh, and then Austin Matthews leave will have a bigger advantage as well because he played in Switzerland. Exactly, legally Swiss now. <laughs> legally Swiss, the Austin new, Matthews. The new fragrance for men. <laughs> when a fight is instigated, it must be concluded with the big giant cotton buds that used to get in gladiators. Yeah. Or if you feel happier, a duel. So. Tom Wilson, of course, being the sneaky he is, cheap shots an unsuspecting player. The enforcer for the team throws a glove at Wilson, and that means he's challenging for a duel. They stand two metres apart, facing away. They skate three steps, the ref whistles, and they turn and fire a musket. There you go. I like it, apart from the throwing a gun at someone, because that's not very... Sorry, throwing a glove at someone, because that's not very safe, is it, really? Yeah, but once you throw a glove... Yeah, but well, you're going to get shot. So I think a glove's the least of your worries. Yeah, but then what if the person who throws the glove loses the duel? Then say Tom Wilson's got COVID glove in his face. <laughs> I, I I agree. If you get hit by the glove and then you get shot by the musket, whatever you're dead. Who cares? <laughs> double trouble. <laughs> double trouble. I can't believe he got gloved and then shot. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather get shot after getting gloved. You don't want to survive. Fair point. Actually, yeah. Person. If I get a glove, just shoot me anyway. Because yeah, you're going to be I can't on risk it. Respirator by five o'clock. Hopefully not a Russian one. <laughs> All right, Rob. Here's here's the fucking. This is the one worth worth waiting for. So you're not allowed to change on the fly anymore. Yeah. You can, you okay. Can only okay. Change whistles. And we have to have perfect line matching for the entire game. So Ooh. the away team submits their their lineup sheet. Home to yeah. So you got a first line, second, and, and they match forwards and defence as well. So you've got like your first five, yeah. your second five, etc, etc. And then the home team gets to choose right for the entire game. I'm having the Bergeron line on the Crosby line. And I'm having the Krejci line on the on the Malkin line. And those are the sets of players that are on the ice at the same time. That way you reduce the risk of spread of infection because you've only got 10 people playing against each other at any time. That's a good idea. There you go, Another good idea. Yeah. You could actually change the benches as well and modify them. So that each set of players has their own section on the bench. You could keep them separated by perspex. My, my little addendum for this one is, in fact, separate benches for each line. So, fucking there you go. Great minds. Nice. Okay, not a bad idea. All right. Uh, this is my last one. Uh, Brad Marchand becomes an immunity champion. So he has to spend a night on a COVID ward with no PPE. And then NHL transports him to every single game. And he licks everyone. Because... We know, Will, the best way to build resistance is herd immunity. Herd immunity. So, 
Yeah, exactly. So Bright <coughs> just goes in, licks everybody, everyone gets COVID, and then, then that's it. Then we're, then we're well away. Yeah, and then and then we you know then then the wheat from the chaff is sorted out. The ones who are not strong enough to be tough hockey players will obviously die, and the ones who are strong enough will will carry on and play and and become legends and, because they're tough hockey and men. Earn the right to play in the NHL playoffs. Exactly, exactly. If you if you can't beat a pandemic led virus, you don't deserve to play hockey. How, how are you? Gonna I think we've. Bruce? I know it's the toughest sport in the world. Will you know if you're not tough enough to beat a virus, then get out of my face. Gregory Campbell wouldn't get killed by that virus. Do you that? Exactly. I'd I'd love to support that rule, Dan, but unfortunately, it goes directly against my final rule: strictly no more licking. Like we can't can't have it anymore. Enough messing around. We've had all these licks. They've been thrown about by <laughs> by various members of the hockey community, but now it's time to get fucking serious as a sport. No fucking licking. <laughs> now it's time to get serious. No more licking. <laughs> Do you know if Marshawn did that now, he'd get arrested for like attempted murder, probably. Yeah. Well, do a fucking Rudy Gobert should be. Well, yeah, fair, fair, to you, it's a fair point, actually. Hung in, the, hung in the square, if you ask me. In the town square and pelted with uh, tomatoes and shit. Did you hear about the uh, the ticket officer? I, thought, I assume it was in London, who um, yeah, unfortunately passed away from coronavirus. Who uh, the week before had been spat on by a passenger. Oh yes, yes, yes. What the fuck is wrong with people? And like, is that passenger? I didn't even read into the story, but is that passenger up for like attempted murder or manslaughter? Well, no, because they should be. Not yet, because to an extent, maybe yeah. Like, it feels a little bit extreme, but at the same time, that's almost considering the situation we're in. Alrighty then, uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and we are track eight on Now That's What I Call Music 37. And if you could leave a five-star review for us, that would be fantastic. This part of the show is brought to you by Wave Intel. During some downtime, head over to Wave Intel for up-to-date, easy-to-read player and team comparison charts. That way, you can win those all-important Twitter arguments with people whose opinions you seem to value so much. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart, so you don't have to. Okay. There was an amazing and fascinating article this week from the Victory Press, and I will credit the writers here. It was Melissa Burgess, Kirsten Whelan, and Zoe Hayden. It was about the, the National Women's Hockey League and the conditions some of the players played in during the, the 2018-19 season. And the, the Victory Press kept the anonymity of the players due to what we're about to discuss and what came out. And it was um, one of those things that if you get told... And you just kind of think, oh, yeah, you know, they have like, you know, bad conditions and it doesn't kind of work out. And, oh, you know, they were promised loads of things and it didn't kind of go the way they thought it was going to go. But until you read it, and, and this is, I, I, I implore everyone to read this article because it is really long and very in-depth. But it is, like I said, it is fascinating. The conditions and the things that these women had to do to be able to play hockey at any level, not just what, when they're supposed to be professionals was pretty eye-opening, Will. Yeah, eye-opening. Eye-opening and yet somehow completely unsurprising. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Not to, not to condone it, but how can anyone be surprised by the, the, the mistreatment and inequality when comparing women's sports to men's sports, especially at the professional level? Even at the professional level. Just outrageous. Like, you know, to even 
when the when the league sort of first started out properly, it was even in the best laid plans, like they're playing in practice rinks and shit. You've you've got professional women's teams who are playing in rinks that are the equivalent of the rinks that amateur teams over here play in. It's just yeah. it's just crazy. I mean, like I say, it's it's a long article. I'm not going to go through every single thing, but I'm going to try and cover some of the points that really stood out to me. Some games would take place after public skates. There was times where the locker rooms were not large enough to accommodate a team. So teams were split. One team would be split between multiple locker rooms for games. I mean, how are you, how are you supposed to have any kind of team talk? Like when, when the coach is like... Okay, I've got to keep this to two minutes because I've got three of the rooms to go in and tell these other girls what we're doing. Dude, so <laughs> remember this, and I'll be back in a minute, kind of thing. So he goes into like room number two, and he's like, oh, "What did I say? What did I say? I had a really good." <laughs> oh, like a, I compared it to. Hang on, wall. yeah, I need to go back to room number one because I had a really good message for them. I'll be back in a minute. What he's like back in two rooms. Abraham Lincoln. Oh yeah, cheers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a fucking Abbott and Costello routine or something. <laughs> Just back in two, back in two. Or like Scooby-Doo running down the same corridor. <laughs> the facilities, there were showers where only one shower would work. So the girls would have to literally get off the ice in their gear, get changed and just get to the airport and get on a plane like hor- like all horrible and sweaty, which is just fucking gross. Like the size of the actual ice surface wasn't uniform throughout the league. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was, there was times where there wasn't a bathroom. So that was like easily accessible so once the girls had skates and equipment on they couldn't go to the bathroom they had to put a, a bin or i guess if you're you know in north america a trash can just next to where they were playing and they would have to piss in that i mean that is i mean the phrase you haven't even got a pot to piss in <laughs> comes from being so poor and downtrodden you can't even go anywhere for a piss and these girls are having to go in a fucking bin that is just it's just like you say, it's fucking outrageous. Outrageous that these girls are treated like this in a supposed professional league. And it and it comes down to like even from within, like all the barriers that these women have had to, to struggle against to even play the sport in the first place, let alone to get the sort of respect and fair treatment you'd want compared to like the men's leagues or even men's equivalents. The fact that the NWHL as a as a sort of governing body hasn't assured that all of the playing spaces they're providing for these players aren't meeting their basic requirements as, as human beings, let alone as fucking athletes. Baffling. Like they're ba- the players are battling not only the outside forces that are against them, but the fucking inside forces as well. Just basic stuff as well that they would schedule travel for getting... Because remember, these, this isn't the only thing these women do. They all had full-time jobs. So the teams would schedule, I guess, like whoever is sort of sorting out travel, they would schedule buses to, you know, to, to get you know, the journey underway for the weekend game at sort of midday on a Friday. And some of them were like, well, I'm at work. And they were just told, well, you have to figure it out then. I mean, <laughs> just basic shit like that. Why, are you sca- why when women have these jobs, like actual real full-time jobs, are you scheduling travel at midday on a Friday when they're at work? If you, if you can't travel, you can't play, I suppose, isn't it? Exactly. Sounds like a big old you problem. They'd have to pay extra for, like... Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. You're not giving me a solution. You're giving me problems. <laughs> what do you mean? I can't get to the game. And that's a problem. 
they would have to check extra like some of their equipment they would have to check for like extra bags and all that kind of kind of thing obviously obviously costing them money out of their own pocket they were given certain amounts towards airfare for certain games yeah one of the one of the Boston Pride players was offered a hundred dollars towards airfare for the playoffs and you're just like <laughs> it's, it's the playoffs it's the playoffs and they're like well we'll give we'll give you hundred dollars I'll do I'm sure you can work something out. I'm sure you can get an airfare for that. What what do you mean you can't afford a plane? We pay you 28 grand a year. There was another story that there was only a certain amount of money to go around for plane tickets. So there were five or six players who ended up getting a van and just driving to this place in a in a van, like Will in his fucking tour around Europe in his band. In the, in the, when, when did you do your tour around Europe? When was that? Oh, in your van? I can't remember, like 2012? Yeah, so the early the early teens then. And these, by the way, again, these are professional hockey players, just to remind you that again. But as it, as it turned out, the players who actually paid for the van looked into something because transportation to and from the rink was not provided. So they basically had to shuttle themselves, they had to shuttle themselves back and to in this van that they'd paid for themselves. It's, it's just mad. It's just absolutely mad. It's insane. They were given they were given food budgets per day for their trip of twenty dollars. <laughs> three twenty dollars for food. Three square meals, supporting an athlete for for twenty dollars yeah. while you're while you're on the road. No cooking facilities. But yeah, I mean, come on, well let's let's be sensible there. How much is a how much is a large French stick? A dollar. I mean, you can just eat three of them and have seventeen dollars change. It's fine. All I'm saying, all I'm saying, you get down to Tesco, right? Get down to Tesco. You get a 40p tiger baguette, yeah? Yeah. You tear off the head, then you eat the filling on your way to the chippy, Yeah. quid for a medium chips, stuff it in the baguette, bish bash bosh, chip bite for dinner, pound 40. Fantastic. Exactly. You, can you have see, like eight of those. and if, the, if, if these girls were, st- yeah, if these girls were sensible, living on chip butties, there's your pre-game carbs. You just carb loading for all that extra energy. There you go. That's, that's yeah. I don't, I don't know what they're complaining about. You, you carb load and then you run all the excess fat and stuff off by running to the rink from your hotel. <laughs> That's the the four mile the four, with your bags and your equipment. I should be saying thank you to Danny Ryland for this utter uh, absolutely. ineptitude from a league. It's just like they would have they would play games on a they would play games on a Sunday night and then be back in work on Monday morning at nine AM. And sometimes they would be coming back to their house at 5am on Monday morning after games. And they would then have to get up and go to work at 9am. It's like the fucking International Beer League. I just... Well, somebody... There's a, there's a quote from one of the players that was... She said it's, it, was the be, it would be the best beer league I ever played in. Because there were some things about it that were, okay, this is better than a beer league, but it wasn't really. It was just a better version of a beer league. Yeah, that's the, like the competition's better, but the rest of it's the same as a fucking beer league. Now, I I don't mean to brag, but when I was playing beer league ice, <laughs> both the showers worked. One of them was hot, and there was in fact a bog in the change rooms. So I, I, I don't know. See, I don't know. I know. See, we see when you put it like that. Well, you could say that you actually did play professional hockey. But really, basically played in the NHL. Really. Um, I mean, facilities wise, facilities wise, you were living large and in charge, weren't you? I mean, well, we didn't have a per diem per se, but if you shook the vending machine hard enough, you might get a little Mars bar floating down. <laughs> so there's your 
Here's your free, free bag of Skittles. Here's your free game meal there, boy. Don't you worry about that, there, son. <laughs> they said as well that um, any medical uh, kind of pre-season testing was done at, uh, oh, where was it? It was done at NYU. It was one of those kind of back-scratching things where they had us fill out surveys about any hip issues or head issues we've had. And then it was a case of, well, if you do this for us, we can use this data. So even the medical testing wasn't done to benefit them. It was done that NYU said, yeah, we can use them as kind of lab rats, I guess. It's, it's, it's like going to a fucking student barber. <laughs> That's fantastic comparison. It is. It's exactly going to a student barber. Yeah. We might fuck you up, but hey, it's only going to cost you five quid. It's fine, mate. And it's, and it's held at NYU, which I assume is in New York, at least the state of New York. Yeah. When you've got yeah. teams based in Boston, you've got teams based in fucking Connecticut. And, and I bet these were held at like 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Mate, the whole... Like I said, people, I, I, I implore you to read this. Sorry, mate, go on. No, you're right. The, the whole thing is like... It's like the NWHL was like, yeah, we've got a professional women's league. We're going to pay you. It's like they fucking taught this organ and they sold it. And then you fucking turn up and it's it's a shithole. They, they, it would have been better for the players to not have this league set up. Really, because I, I doubt many of the. I, I can't imagine any of them came out with enough of like a net positive financially for it to have been worth it. No, yeah, I can't imagine any of them did. But you end up spending, even if you spend like a third of your fucking 25 grand paycheck when you've to pay to play fucking cross country beer league, it's not fucking not worth it. No, not at all. Not at all. Especially for like a, a self-respecting elite athlete who's a fucking, you got Olympic gold medalists in there, and uh, and if you think as well, this is kind of this is four or five years into the NWHL. This isn't in the first year. No, it's you know these interviews were done. These interviews were done last year, and by that point, the league had been going for four years. Played, so I dread to think what would have happened in the first year. They play fucking outdoor games at the Winter Classic, and they still can't provide toilets for their players. It's shameful. <laughs> just insane it's absolutely insane i just kept i just kept scrolling down shaking my head and scroll down a bit more shake my head scroll down a bit more shake my head just what what is this i mean you're calling these professional players just treat them like professional players then it's, it's one of those like if, if you can't do it fine don't say you can do it and then completely under deliver yeah yeah a, a, a former um, a boston pride player said it doesn't matter the caliber of the player if you're going to say it's a professional league, you treat them as professionals. It doesn't matter if the player's the worst female hockey player ever. If you're saying that she's playing in a professional league, then it has to be professionally run. And it, it's not. You, the only hope is that it's going to get better from here on out. Because to an extent, it's got to be like a once bit and twice shy kind of thing. For some of these players, you'd hope. You'd hope that this all being said and this all being known, there are that to have been promises made by the, the league officials to say that things are going to be better, especially as we've had like you know, we've had a hiatus and stuff and we're seemingly going to have a longer hiatus than they planned. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, to get these players back on the ice in NWHL jerseys, you'd hope that there would be... I'd, I'd, I don't even want to call it concessions made by the league, like basic, you know... <laughs> basic requirements human rights yeah exactly as long as they can meet the standards of the Geneva Convention that's that's all that they can promise isn't it 
I know. Don't even like political prisoners get access to a toilet. Right. It depends who who's holding you prisoner. No, fair point. Fair point. But yeah, you'd think it's in like it's in the Geneva Convention. These female players are just having to go to people and say, Now is it possible I could maybe just have a toilet? Is that possible? That's all I'm asking for. I want a toilet. Somewhere I can go to the toilet, please. One Connecticut whale <laughs> player told of how she had to stand on a milk crate for eight hours with a hood over her head for seemingly no reason whatsoever. <laughs> she was she was made to squat for four hours while white noise was played in the background. <laughs> she was then told she'd passed basic training and could now play in the league. NYU <laughs> said, yeah, we've got enough, thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking awful. It's awful. I will say, uh, just to finish on this, that there was a the piece at the end of the article that said all claims in the story had been independently corroborated. So the, they provided a list of claims made in the piece to the NWHL prior to publication, and the NWHL provided a statement, which was, and I feel in the interest of balance, I should read this. This is a part of a continuous smear campaign by the PWHPA, which for more than a year has tried to eliminate the NWHL because they have told players that if our league folds others would start a league for them. In a wide array of forums, including in direct discussions with the PWHPA leadership, we have regularly discussed and responded to these allegations. <sighs> smear campaign. I just... <laughs> smear campaign, mate. Like the shit they had to smear on the wall because there wasn't any fucking toilet paper. I had to piss in a bin. That's a part of a smear campaign. <laughs> yeah, of course it is, mate. <laughs> I had to piss in a bin. <laughs> if you were going to smear campaign, like if you were going to try and smear someone... I feel like saying you have to piss in a bin isn't. It's not very like you're not trying very hard. It's, it's not like the wow. Yeah, that's true. Is it? No. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll say I've said it before. I've said it before, and I'll say it quickly again. Last last thing on this for me, but if you were the owner of an NHL team, wouldn't you just throw a ton of money no. at your like your female <laughs> affiliate team? You wouldn't throw a ton of money at anything unless it's a a twenty nine year old winger who's just coming off a career best 52 point season <laughs> yeah I guess I yeah I think I know who you're talking about <laughs> all of them <laughs> so I was going to say Jeff Skinner <laughs> I mean yeah yeah well, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you Jeff Skinner but yeah you're right like there is an opportunity for a hero here isn't there and it would cost you so little it would cost you so little. Wouldn't you just do it for the PR? If you just said, yeah, we're going to pay all these girls to play professionally. It, it, they're not asking for like $200,000 a year. So uh, so Eugene, it's, it's a four-team league. There's 22 players per roster. Uh, you know, playing, most of them play in the northeast, so travel costs won't be that much. What's this about uh, ceramic toilets on the invoice? I don't really like how high <laughs> that's going to cost me. <laughs> Yeah, you... I've never understood that. I've never understood that. I've said that, be, in my own selfish way, if I won the Euro Millions, I said that I would have a brand new section built to where my daughter goes to school. I would say to the school, "What do you need? Do you need like a new gym or a new classroom? Because there's like you know loads more children. Like, what do you need?" And they would say, "Well, we would need like say say a new gym." And I'd say, "Right, how much would it cost?" And they say, well, about three million quid. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll pay for that for you. Don't worry about it. I say, but you've got to call. You've got to call up the Daniel Masters gym, okay? That's the only concession I'm making. 
just to get my name on it. And I'd, I'd do it for purely selfish reasons. Doesn't anybody want to do that? Hey, Terry Pagula. Just, I'm just thinking, you know, why don't you? Just to look like an absolute ledge. The the Pagula Sports Entertainment Hockey League. Yeah. Yeah, seemingly not, Dan. Seemingly not, because this has been an issue for years and still nobody has stepped up to the plate. That's insane. But as I said, I'm not doing this article justice. It's a fantastic, fantastic article. Fucking... And credit again to the writers, who I will shout out again, Melissa Burgess, Kirsten Whelan and Zoe Hayden. An absolutely brilliant, brilliant piece of writing. Fucking educate yourselves, people, on the on the horrors of of professional women's hockey. There you go. Last thing this week, speaking of educating people, I want to uh, clear something up. Read the, uh, read the Brendan Leipzig comments. A correction from last week's issue. A correction from last week. Well, kind of more of a miss than a correction, right? I would say. Yeah, yeah, an, an, an addition. And it, yeah, an addendum. And it, yeah, it's an editor's note. <laughs> Uh, he was, just to clarify as well, just to get this out of the way, he was placed on waivers for the purpose of getting shot of him, and they did. So, brilliant. Absolutely, guys. But Stars could have used a, uh, a cheap four-fly winger. Shame they didn't pick him up. Ter- yeah, terrible. Terrible. However, will the league cope without seeing Brendan Leipzig play? I don't Paul know. Brendan, I guess we'll find Paul out. Brendan Leipzig, another victim of the uh, the, <laughs> the Rainbow Tape Brigade. <laughs> Fantastic. I got a... Uh, I got a DM from Paul Campbell, official Two Brits, One Puck goalie expert. And he messaged me something that I for sure missed. And I'm not sure if you missed this or not, Will, but we didn't mention it last week, so I feel that we should. And which was that Leipzig used the word native when describing a woman as a fat native pig. And this would have been something that we wouldn't have maybe noticed being English because that's not a word that we see over here at all. I, I, in my... 39 years in this country i've never seen that word used anywhere in in any kind of uh, slur or anything but in north america as a whole there is a a serious issue with and they christ even i hope this is the right language but it's first nation inhabitants of, of canada and in the u.s and how for the longest time they have basically just been downtrodden and forgotten about and basically sort of thrown to the side well, and there is an, an amazingly amazingly brilliant but terribly sad podcast called missing and murdered about first nation women who have just vanished and the canadian police in some cases just kind of throw their hands up in the air and go yeah what, what are you going to do what can you do so i did want to thank paul for bringing that to our attention and it further uh, kind of exemplified how important language is and how destructive language is and then on top of that, before I let you say something, how much more of a piece of shit Brendan Leipzig is? Absolutely, it just further further demonises Leipzig, and and I think that, like as you said to start, Daniel, I, I completely missed it as well. I think partly just in that there was such a flood of things that he'd said that yeah, some things can I, I clearly didn't take it in enough, but the fact that he's used racist language on top of what he'd already done completely completely sets in stone like any of the people who are trying to defend him and say oh this is just hockey banter yeah this is just locker room talk or whatever yeah or calling the women fat and calling her ugly yeah that's that's fucking hilarious if you're defending Leipzig's comments verbatim you're defending not only misogyny and sexist language you're also defending racist language against especially Leipzig as a Canadian like quite a significant and an important minority group to be prejudiced against 
similar to like the Aboriginals in in Australia and and, and any native rad, Aboriginal peoples around the world. So yeah, like you say, it further cements the fact that Brendan Lightstick is an utter piece of shit, and I don't think that necessarily got enough play as a whole. Not to sort of try and you know admonish myself from missing it in the first place, but all of the talk is about the the fat shaming, the body shaming, the the misogyny, which is very important. But yeah, it definitely wasn't enough airplay for for the fact that there's just institutionalized racism in there as well. I'm going to say something now. It's going to it's going to sound crazy at first, but bear with me for a second. We should, we should treat I don't, women with respect. <laughs> as a hockey fan, I've just blown everyone's mind, haven't I? I like women. I think they should be treated as I equals as men, to men. Beings. Crazy. Yeah, insane. They shouldn't have to piss in business. <laughs> but what do I know? I'm just a white guy from England. You, I don't know anything, obviously, about hockey. There, you slow fucking... <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. I can't believe... I... Oh, Christ, how do I start this? Right. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. It is a serious point. I'm just trying to think how best to how best to say it. Me and Will had a chat about three weeks ago about what we do on the show and how we do the show. And we kind of came to the conclusion that, you know what? I think initially when we started out, we had this idea that, okay, we'll do the show and maybe then hopefully it turns into something and we can get paid to do the show. And that'd be awesome. And, and you know what? I don't care about that anymore. I genuinely, genuinely don't. If we just do this show forever and we do it because we love it, that's fine with me. I have a great time talking to Will. I do this show because I want to talk about hockey. I have nobody to talk to hockey to about. As you know, I never even spoke. We, me and Will spoke once on a Skype call and then we did our first show. That was when I met Will. I, I'd never spoken to him before ever. They never knew the guy. But I can't believe, I don't think for one second, anybody would ever listen to this show and give us a shot in any way because we call out people and players for doing stupid shit and fucking up. Because like you said, I didn't really see anywhere properly going after Brendan Leipzig this week and saying, well, he's a fucking piece of shit, clearly. Clearly, we don't need this kind of player in the league. It was all, well, he said what he said, and obviously, you know, his team are going to take care of it, and, you know, we'll go from there. And and his apology was fucking saccharine and bullshit. You know, the classic, I've said some terrible things, but I'm going to learn from them. No, you're not. No, you're not. You know, like, if I'd, have been, if I'd have been one of the bar down guys interviewing Colin Wilson, I, I couldn't have stopped myself from saying, hang on, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? Because you're not allowed. We've, we've talked about this before when the thing happened with the Sens and they, they stopped to play, a, they stopped a reporter travelling because he'd written something bad about the team. Even the guys I love, you know, like the guys on 31 Thought, you know, like American Free, I love American Freedom, I think they're amazing. But they never go after anybody and say, well... This is despicable. I hope he never plays in the league ever again. Whereas we do say that. We would say that. And it was just a funny thing I had in my head that if I was... And it, it was because of the Colin Wilson thing, like I say. I would have said, Colin, what are you talking about? What do you mean? That's ridiculous. Whereas people won't. They then. And, you know, to not hit, like... To not have, like, hockey media just massively pile on Brendan Leipzig and get him out of the league and, you know, run him out of the league... Again, it just I think it just speaks volumes about what kind of you know the sport this this can be sometimes. And the problem with that is where even if you're in the media within hockey, like the industry is hockey. It's not that hockey players are in a different industry to hockey reporters or GMs or whoever it might be. If you're working yeah. in hockey in any capacity, you're all not to, not to say it's like under the same fraternity or anything like that, but there is an element of they are your co-workers like 
And as much as you know, like Colin Wilson can't be seen to rock the boat by wearing pride tape on his stick, reporter X, big time reporter X sort of thing, national scale reporter X, can't be seen to be rocking the boat too much because otherwise you're going to lose your access, you're going to lose your privileges, you're going to burn bridges with certain people in the media, in the in in hockey who don't agree with your opinions and stuff and, and you're going to be able to un, unable to do your job in, in the long run so like in in some ways I I feel for for like the, the sort of big time reporters in that sense because in order to keep your network and to keep your job you can't be too critical of people the fact that Brendan Leipzig was only being eviscerated by the hockey community online basically fans and nobody, like you say, had had the had the spine to stand up and say, "No, this is terrible. He shouldn't be in the league." It's yeah, it's fucking disappointing. It's it's the same with everything. It was the same with um, oh god, who was the guy in? Was it Brandon Manning? Yeah, Brandon Manning with uh, was yeah, and he got suspended five games, yeah, and one. it was just it was just everyone saying, "Well, he, you know, he did what he did, and he's got to learn from it, and he's got to get a better, you know, he's got to be no." <laughs> Why was nobody, you know, the, the, the national media should have been shouting from the rooftops. You know what? This guy deserves to be kicked out. Sorry. That's it. Why did you get a five-game suspension for racist abuse? It's the... You know, you want to you want to stop racist abuse. Every time a player does it, just kick him out of the league. See you later. Where, the, where else are they going to go? Where are they going to go? I'll tell you what place they're going to go. Go to Peter's Wonder Emporium. <laughs> Wonder Emporium. <laughs> Fucking just come and, come and chill out uh, in Siberia for a few years with me, buddy. And then you can say you've grown as a person and come back. Or not even that, just people will forget and then you can come back. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll just forget. Because by that point, 50 other things will happen <laughs> that will make me rip my dick off. <laughs> exactly. That is, it's like a little averages sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good so, point. Or like, you know, high volume <sighs> shooting, just... That, that's the league as a whole. The NHL runs on the fact that so many terrible things happen all the time that none of them stick because it's just fucking, it's too, it's coming at you too quickly. Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? It's really bad. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? It's true, isn't it? Every week, every week, there's something that just makes me question my love for this sport and this game. Fucking unbelievable. You know what? We can't finish on that. We've got nothing else on the run sheet, but tell me something funny or good. We can't finish on that. Could you do? <laughs> we need something. Right, right, right. right. It's something for you. are going to regret this. Um, Go on. I found, during lockdown and quarantine, getting, maybe, who's to say, maybe it's linked to the fact that I'm working at home more, getting fucking bang into the mobile games, Dan. Games on the old telephone. All right. Last week I was talking about Hockey yeah. Legacy Manager, which is fantastic. Yeah. Finally won the Stanley yeah. Cup, which was really fucking hard. Well done. This week, I'm playing Retro Bowl, Dan. And for all of you out there, okay. I recommend Retro Bowl to your to your American football fans. As far as I'm aware, it's like a mobile version of Tecmo Bowl, but with like oh, okay. some simulation aspects of it. It's like you manage your roster, X, Y, and Z. You have a salary cap. You have to use like points to hire a better offensive coordinator. You get the draft and all that shit. But then the gameplay itself, you just play the offense. So it's really quick fire, arcade style, simple controls to do your passing, simple contro- controls to do your running plays. It's just really fun. I've sunk fucking ages into it this last few days. Working That's from home, f- you say? Well, who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? Maybe the fact that I've got no <laughs> supervision on uh, <laughs> what I do while I'm at the desk. Might have something to do with with how much I'm using my phone, but who's who is to say? Who is to possibly say? Yeah, for desk 
for desk, see couch and living room, you mean? No, no, genuine desk, genuine desk. Oh, genuine desk, okay, okay. It, it might be a case of do one thing, spend five minutes playing games on my phone, <laughs> do another thing. <laughs> and then at about three o'clock be like, uh, maybe I'll do 40 minutes of constant work and then claim I've had a full day. I mean, to be saying though, you know what they say, work smarter, not harder. Exactly, mate. And that's what you're exactly. doing. That's what I keep telling not only Not only am I compiling all these reports, I've just won the Super Bowl. So, you know, <laughs> you tell me who's working smarter. That's going on my <laughs> personal development plan. Goals achieved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will, any last, last words? Go and get NBA 2K20 for four quid off the PlayStation Store. Treat yourselves. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.